Welcome to BIV Today. I'm reporter Tyler Orton. Now look, after BC's film and TV sector went into lockdown mode at the outset of the pandemic, it's proven to be one of the biggest success stories since reopening last summer. 70 productions were running simultaneously by the week of September 20th, back in 2020, beating out the previous record of 57 simultaneous productions set in September 2016. That's according to data from the Directors Guild of Canada. And amid all this, Vancouver Film Studios has hit a milestone of its own. With us to share some updates is Pete Mitchell. He's president and chief operating officer of Vancouver Film Studios. Pete, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Tom. So big news this week that you guys have to share. What's going on with Vancouver Film Studios and B Corp? Well, uh, several years ago, we were introduced to the concept of B Corp um, at the uh, Board of Trade uh, lunch, and um, uh, it really appealed to us. And, and what... Uh, B Corp status uh, entails, it, it's the highest standard of social and environmental um, um, compliance and behavior that uh, there is. And we thought um, it would be a great uh, goal to strive for. And uh, three or four years later, here we are. Uh, we're very pleased. Uh, and um, it's uh, something that, uh, to be honest, when we started, we weren't particularly sure we we're going to get to, but um, we've had great support from ownership and a lot of, uh, you know, um, groundwork by staff and uh, here we are so it's obviously a rigorous assessment that you guys have to go through were there specific changes adaptations that you guys had to made in order to reach this or did they just uh take a look at you guys and say oh we'll give you a big check mark right now uh there's um there, there's a combination of both because uh, we've really been behaving like a b corp for uh, many years but that being said um, you're right, there's um, six areas that they look at and some of them involve change with the company. So uh, there's governance. We had to change the governing documents of the company to, um, uh, and what they require is that you give um, uh, the consideration of people, your employees uh, and uh, the environment and also your community engagement to give that those three areas equal weight to financial performance. And so to ask the uh, ownership to change the governance of the company to incorporate that is a big step, but um, they were enthusiastic and we got her done. Um, and then also uh, what uh, B Corp does, they look at um, the way workers are treated within the company, um, the relationship with customers. Uh, we um, require customers to uh, hold uh, high um, sustainability standards as well, uh, our community engagement. So we've been long-term uh, supporters of uh, many um, uh, organizations in our neighborhood, like calling with neighborhood house and, uh, like Dream Big, which is a film program for kids over at um, uh, high school uh, just down the road. It will come back to me. Uh, sustainability um, and, um, uh, and disclosure. So disclosure is a really big part of this. If you go onto the B Corp website right now, you can look up Vancouver Film Studios and uh, you can see the answer to all our questions. It's very, very transparent and um, a bit intimidating when you start down that road, but uh, there it is, and we're happy to report that we, uh, you know, we're, uh, we made it across the above the bar, and um, we're in. Well, look, a lot of companies they might pay lip service to you know initiatives surrounding, say, sustainability. You folks have actually been walking the walk here. Why is that of such importance to you right now? Well, you know, it's uh, it's the right thing to do. Uh, obviously, we all know about uh, climate change and the effects it's having on on the world and people, um, uh, but also it really um, binds our employees to our company. When we sample our employees for what's important to them, 
they see our community engagement and sustainability on equal par with their uh, compensation. So if you want to build a strong workforce, it's a great way to do it. And then finally, you know, our customers uh, are all large um, triple bottom line reporting uh, public uh, companies, and they have a sustainability mandate. So we're trying to match um, our offering up against uh, what they're um, requiring, and, um, and and it works. We're, we're both going in the same direction. So you folks over there, you, you've also embarked on initiatives for carbon neutrality. What kind of changes have to be made in order to ensure that you guys as kind of this this full service shop are able to do so? Well, it's, um, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a small things, day-to-day -day small things. So we've exchanged um, uh, lighting, which we had uh, in, in our stages, um, really uh, high intensity, but uh, high uh, power draw lights. Uh, we exchanged them out for LED. Uh, we have recycling for cigarette butts on the lot. We have a community garden. Um, we try to uh, enforce a no idling policy. Um, we have um, timers on lights so that um, uh, people aren't in a room, the, the lights go out. All those little things are what you, you know, do to go down that, that road and reduce your footprint. And then we do buy carbon offsets to um, offset the uh, consumption that we can't avoid because we do heat our buildings and we do run vehicles. I've had the opportunity over the last few years to attend those uh, Green Spark conferences in which they're talking about sustainability within the industry. And what I get from a lot of them is it's maybe not as impractical. It's not as expensive as a lot of people might think it is going into it. Have you been kind of surprised by all you've learned just over the last few years pursuing these initiatives here? Uh, absolutely, because um, at the beginning, things seem daunting and there's uh, behavior changes. But once they're integrated, uh, people quickly forget that they didn't ever do that. So in terms of recycling and composting, uh, we were early out of the gates on that and had uh, the productions that are on our lot all uh, buying in. Um, but now that it's the city bylaw and that it's general practice, nobody even thinks about it. So uh, in that case, there's no cost like long term. There's a little bit of upfront uh, trying to uh, nudge people along and get them to uh, adopt the right uh, practices. But um, uh, you know, you're also diverting uh, waste from landfills when you're composting, and that saves money. So there, it, it's more complex than it may appear on the surface, but it's also um, not as daunting and certainly not as expensive as uh, some people would have you think, or just that the uncertainty might uh, make you uh, worry. Well, uh, speaking of uncertainty that might make people worry, uh, everybody didn't know what was going to happen when the pandemic began to unfold. The film industry globally, it, it, it was suspended. Like everyone took that initiative there. What did it feel like? You know, if we go back, you know, March 2020, you were walking around Vancouver Film Studios. Was it just kind of eerie back then? Well, <laughs> I wasn't walking around Vancouver Film Studios. I was at home like everybody else. Um, yep. But uh, that in itself was very eerie. And of course, it was, uh, you look at those two weeks in March of last year, it was um, the height of uncertainty and um, the industry stopped. You know, some industries kept going. Um, ours uh, simply stopped. And so nobody knew what was going to happen next. It was very tense. Uh, what we were... Um, uh, fortunate in is that our customers uh, continue to um, honor their agreements uh, in terms of rent and uh, and their obligations for being at Vancouver Film Studios. Uh, there was a few dicey moments where people wondered if that was going to happen. Um, but, um, you know, I think uh, 
in some sense, that's where Vancouver is and uh, BC is lucky in, in that the base customers are these large corporations out of uh, Los Angeles. And they do, when they need to, have the uh, ability to think a little bit more long term. So they knew that if they bailed on us, um, that when the industry did come back, uh, they would be out of space and, and unable to continue. So, so, uh, but, you know, I got to give them credit for standing behind us. And uh, then we all just sat back and waited and prayed. And there's a small uh, group of people who uh, should immediately be given medals who sat down, led by the Film Commission here in BC, to try and put together the back to work uh, protocol. And, um, Believe me, it, it was incredibly uh, complex because you've got uh, WorkSafe BC rules, which were still being worked out, but they also had to integrate with um, the California equivalent, OSHA, because uh, so many of our shows originate there and the companies there are under those um, guidelines. And then you have the different um, unions, uh, there's five unions on any show, uh, and in fact, American unions that are involved too, uh, and some of them had their own uh, distinct requirements. So. Uh, negotiating all of that down into one, you know, format that everybody could um, work under was an unbelievable achievement, and it's what allowed us to get back to work uh, earlier than other jurisdictions and back to work safely. Because our record since we started and went to 70 productions right away with all these new rules has been uh, fantastic. The crews have been so diligent in uh, observing the uh, protocols, um, and of course, there's been some instances of. Uh, people uh, becoming infected, but they're moved off the, the show uh, quickly and replaced with others and, and on it goes. So, so it's been a real triumph of collaboration within this industry. Well, I'm curious, you think about BC's response to this pandemic, and then there's also competing jurisdictions across the globe that um, they, they could those productions could have gone elsewhere. How do you feel about the way that BC has responded and able to keep competitive with everything else, you know, all things considered? Well, BC has always been a, a kind of safe haven for production. It's never been the cheapest. Um, uh, and people have at uh, different times decided to head off to uh, other locations where there's not quite as much uh, established work. And sometimes it's been a lot cheaper to do that. And sometimes it's come with a lot of surprises. So we've got this reputation as a safe haven, which has only been enhanced by our um, reaction uh, to the pandemic and how the people of British Columbia have really diligently listened to our provincial health officer and done what she said uh, and it's kept us safe so uh, our principal competition um, is you know Toronto and Georgia right now um, and they just haven't been able to come back the way we have and, and even Los Angeles uh, they went on hiatus at Christmas as they typically do for a couple of weeks and all their shows and they haven't come back yet and I mean you got to really feel for all those people that are not able to work um, but I think it does speak to um, our culture a little bit here in BC, where we <laughs> listen to the government uh, when, when we really have to and um, and then take appropriate action. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the whole community should take some credit for this. And then the film industry, when I when I walk around the lot now um, with my mask on, I see film industry workers who show up at seven in the morning, put a mask on inside or out. Uh, doesn't matter. They socially distance and they work for 12, 14 hours, whatever it is, with incredible discipline and then go home. And I think it's because they understand, you know, it's, it's such a, a labor dense industry. It's all about people. And if the people can't work together or, you know, there's an outbreak, then it's over. So, uh, like I said, I've been really impressed with the cruise. 
considering everything that's going on everywhere else in the world, do you, uh, would I be correct in assuming there's not a lot of vacancy right now at uh, Vancouver Film Studios? Uh, it, it's, you know, minute by minute. If there is a vacancy, it's gone uh, before you can pick up the phone. Um, and uh, there's lots of uh, excess demand and there's going to be growth too. That's clear that there are new um, facilities coming online. And um, really the three things that constrain the industry are facilities, uh, people and locations. So uh, on the location side of things, we're working diligently to make sure people don't overuse locations and that there's uh, clear guidelines in place. And then we're going to need a lot of people in this film industry uh, over the next 10 years as it grows substantially. And I think there's opportunity for people to come from some sunset industries around BC and Western Canada that could uh, easily fit into the film industry. What's well, fascinating stuff. It's always great to kind of catch up and figure out what's going on with one of the biggest industries in all of British Columbia. Sometimes that goes overlooked, but um, once again, Pete, I just want to thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Well, thank you very much, Tyler. Thanks for having me. That's Pete Mitchell. He is President Chief Operating Officer at Vancouver Film Studios. That is it for us, but we'll be back next week with more shows. Until then, you can go to BIV.com for videos, interviews, and more over there. I'm Tyler Orton. Thank you for listening.